and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. 2020 has been an interesting year on many levels, but like any other year, hundreds of games were released. In past years, we would have been made aware, played, or bought these at conventions or at our local stores. Well, 2020 didn't really allow us to do that. So in this episode, we're each picking some 2020 games to highlight. Some because we've played them, some because we want to play them, and others just because it seems like everyone else wants to play them. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, and the Gift of Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. And really, thank you to all of our patrons. Um, So let's talk about why this is a Wednesday, Kitty. Don't talk to me. I am really an emissary of my Zoom H4N Pro recorder, which decided it didn't want this episode to happen and did everything in its power to sabotage me. <laughs> so the, the long and short of it is um, we recorded 40 minutes of the podcast on Monday night as planned. And mm-hmm. then Kitty's recorder decided to stop working. However, on the brighter side... John, who was in our live audience last night, uh, did let me know how to record individual tracks on Zoom or that I could do it. So it'll never happen again for that reason. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, because- you know, to be fair, my like I noticed it was happening. It didn't start right away. I was like watching my levels, paying attention to everything. And then suddenly it was just like, card is full. And I was like, that's weird. I had 300 hours at the beginning of this. No, it just decided yeah. it hates me. <laughs> yeah. It was 300 hours of static. Of static. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> You've gone through wormholes and came back and nothing. Uh, yeah, but that's good because actually the episode last night was kind of terrible. Like, it was bad. <laughs> it was not <laughs> terrible. It was fine. It was but fine. this is going to be better. That this was is good. Gonna be much- this is going to be much better. Yeah. Last night, basically what I did is you know, read the BGG list of 2020 games, which I like hearing myself And I couldn't stop talk. you. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do today instead is we all picked a bunch of games or a handful or two of games that we're going to talk about that were released in 2020. Um, first, let's see, uh, live Zoom I mean, audience. We're not so going to go through the list. We're not going to go through the list and just be like, have you heard of this game? I'm like, nope. Nope. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> let's read the description and move on. Yeah. It was really well planned. Um, yeah. So it was, it was a good time. Um, but I do want to cover a few things before we get into the list. First thing is next week's episode. We're going to talk about chess because I want to, because Queen Gambit's big. And I only bring that up because we're not going to spoil Queen's Gambit. But if you want to get excited about hearing about chess, go watch the Queen's Gambit on Netflix. <laughs> And then I can you will only be a- promise to do my best not to spoil the Queen's Gambit because I have a really hard time not being a spoiler. If Kitty spoils anything in Queen's Gambit, uh, well, there's nothing we can do with our live audience <laughs> as we're getting players right now. But I will, I will. Bleep I won't do her anything out. tonight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it should be fine. We're not gonna shouldn't spoil, but it's maybe still I'll ex- give you. I'll release a Patreon exclusive spoilers episode where I give my opinions <laughs> yeah. about the show. Maybe we'll do that post credits. We'll be like, okay, post credits. <laughs> now we're gonna spoil, and that way you can stop. And actually, that's exactly what we'll do. Um, but so that's speaking of post credits, I have another thing too. Uh, so that's next week again. If you haven't watched <laughs> Queen's Gambit, watch it. It's worth it. It's seven episodes on Netflix. It's very very good. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is at the end of the episode, we are going to be talking more about our $250 holiday gift card giveaway, which will be announced next week, Monday night, live, and Tuesday when the podcast drops, assuming, you know, Kitty doesn't sabotage us again. Um, and no your deadline... <laughs> yeah, your deadline for entering is this Sunday. Um, any of the dis- like the drawings that we've been doing for the last two episodes and for the end of this episode, each one of those will get you 10 entries in. Um, if you leave us an iTunes review and then send me your iTunes review, your iTunes ID, you'll get another 10 entries. If you're a patron, you'll get entries according to your level. Um, or you can just email us and say, hey, I love the show or I hate the show or whatever, and we'll give you an entry for that too. Um, but again, I will cover all of that later. I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that that is there. Okay. 
Are we ready to talk about 2020 in a very specific, no. focused? <laughs> say no. <laughs> Don't make me. Okay, our our list of games was generated from a board game geek search, and these are the filters. It published in 2020 has at least 100 reviews. Um, there's I've already added one exception to this, but at least 100 reviews um, <laughs> and not counting expansions. This search gets you basically all the games that were released and played in 2020. Um, the exception is a game that I literally just got today and have played today. So um, I feel justified talking about it. Um, that said, in 2020, there were half the number of games that come up from this search as in... 2019. Actually, I don't even think it's less than that. There's about 250 games, and there's like 750 games for the 2019 search. So it's like a third of the games. 2020 was a slow year for game releases, um, and I think it makes sense that that was the case. Uh, which is also why we wanted to talk about them, because I think a lot of these games have kind of flown under the radar, especially... I would normally know a lot more of this list, and I don't. So that's why last night when we tried doing it by going down the list, it was just like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to pick the games that we know about, or at least interested in. Okay, I think I'm going to start because I have about the same number of games as the two of you combined. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with the gimme. Um, which is Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. This is ranked number 15 on Board Game Geek. It's probably going to go up over the next year. I wouldn't be too surprised if this ends up sitting in the same, like, I don't want to see Gloomhaven and then Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion as one and two. Um, I really mm-hmm. don't think that they should both occupy the spot since it is, a, it's the same game. It's just, a, I don't know, extra content in a different box. But I will say, if you haven't played Gloomhaven or you were very intimidated by the size of the box of Gloomhaven, um, Jaws of the Lion is a very nice, easy entry. You can go to Target.com, grab it for 50 bucks or less, and it's 25 scenarios. It's a prequel to Gloomhaven. It is not dumbed down. It is just mass market friendly and easy to learn the way that they have set this up and the way the maps are set up with a flip book and all of that. So that's all I'm going to say about Jaws of the Lion. Um, Kitty, what's the first game you want to talk about? So the first game on my list is one of the two games I own from the 2020 releases, and that is Calico. (laughs) And Calico is a puzzly tile-laying game where you are creating quilts and you are using colors and patterns to attract cats to come to your quilt and you're trying to meet different scoring goals and you're trying to match your colors together to gain buttons and using all of those different ways score the most points to win and it is a very thematic colorful fun cute little game that has an incredible amount of depth if you're actually paying attention and will drive you insane in a delightful way i've heard a lot about calico and I'll be honest with you, I just searched it on Board Game Geek and clicked on <laughs> the images. Um, Michael's holding it up in, in in chat right now. He says he loves Calico. Uh, this is the first time I've ever seen gameplay elements of this game. I just the the concept of the game is so uninteresting to me that I've never even looked at it. <laughs> Not that I wouldn't play it, but it's like you know, make quilts attract cats. I like quilts and cats. I just Never thought I would like a game of those things. I'm going to have to check this one out because from everyone, everything I'm hearing of the places I listen to, this is one of those games that has staying power. This one will likely be around for years I ago. think the people who enjoy this kind of game, this is a perfect kind of game. I don't think you're going to like it, but you should come play my copy. It's really well, fun. You know how- but it's very Carcassonne. It's very make decisions based on very limited choices and puzzle it out, which is not really... It's a tile-laying point salad game, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. All right, so let me talk about a tile-laying point salad game that I did play (laughs) in 2020, um, and that is Tang Garden. Now, Tang Garden is a beautiful game. 
It has amazing table presence. It literally pops off the table. The board is set up in a way that there's little slots on the edge of each board where you will put like landscape scenery tiles. And you're going to trying to attract these visitors to your garden. And depending on what they're looking at, they're going to, you know, like it more or less and give you more or less points for doing that. Um, this game is fine. It is for a tile laying point salad game. It is it's got a great as, personality. <laughs> yeah, it's a great personality. This it is, like what's the opposite of like a butterface? This it, it, is a like tang garden. The- <laughs> it's, it's like a tang garden. Um, it's gorgeous. It's just a tile laying point salad game, and it's there's just so much fiddliness for what it does that I. Immediately, I, I don't remember if I gave it away or I ebayed it, but somehow it left my collection before all of the other games that I own because I'm just like I, I can't keep this in the house anymore. I just I feel bad looking at it because I'm never going to open it. Um, so yeah, that was my 2020 tile laying points out game. Not a glowing review. Uh, I think there would be a lot of people who really like Tang Garden, just not me or my wife. Like we, this is not the kind of game for us. <laughs> It's like not shelf candy, it's table candy. It is table candy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I think there were four boxes that came along with. Then I got all of the extras and I just I <laughs> I mean if it's Kickstarter I go all in just in case it's an awesome game. Uh which we'll talk about in my next one I'll talk about a Kickstarter <laughs> I went all in and I really do like it. So, but first Fletcher, I want before we talk about your stuff and you have the same game No, you don't. You have the same game sort of on here twice, but not really. No. Um do you own any <laughs> 2020 games? I don't. No. Okay. I went awesome. through that whole list and I don't own <laughs> any of them. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we start with the first game you are interested in trying then? Uh, yeah. So I, I went through the list and I, so one was picked by Kitty and one was picked by you. So then I had to swap those out for different ones. And really, I just did some research on games that just by name, I was like, okay, <laughs> this sounds interesting or I'm into this thematically so i'm gonna do some research well one thing thing i know for sure is publishers you need to understand that judging a game by its name or a game by its cover is your 50 percent of your sales at least minimum so just keep Uh, that in mind i bet yeah yeah so i really just like scroll scroll through the list if the name sounded interesting or if the box art looked kind of interesting i was like Okay, yeah, I'll I'll do some research on this, and that's basically what I did. Uh, so the first one is Back to the Future, Back in Time. Um, I love the Back to the Future movie. It's one of my probably top three favorite movies. You named your um, dog after it, and yeah, I have my dog Marty is named after Marty the Fly <laughs> from Back to the Future. Um, and this game is it's kind of it's like a cooperative. It's a co it's a it's a fully co-op game. And essentially you're playing the first movie and thematically, like you need to get some parts for the DeLorean. You have to make sure the DeLorean is in the right spot. You have to separate Biff from both um Elaine and uh Marty's Marty's dad, dad, I forget. Dad. George. Yeah. <laughs> George. Yeah, yeah. George. Yeah. Um and you play as either Marty, the doctor Marty's girlfriend, Jennifer, or uh, the dog, Einstein. Um, <laughs> I mean. They all have, yeah, they all have like special abilities and stuff like that. But uh, essentially, it's a fully cooperative game. You roll dice to um, beat challenges. And I watched like a run through of it. And it seems it seems kind of interesting. It seems a little bit convoluted. But I mean, I just watched like a 20 minute run through. So it's actually but pretty <laughs> straightforward. Um, yeah. I actually, I think Carmen would like this uh, because you could play together. There's, it's not, there's no hidden information or anything yeah. like that. Um, and if you at all like the movie, it's going to feel like the first movie. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a pretty easy entry into the co-op genre. My favorite part about it is that Marty's girlfriend and Einstein are playable characters just so they could have a one to four player game. Cause they were like, well, there's only two people at this time zone. So we're just going <laughs> to add the other two. Yeah, for the first yeah, movie, because exactly. Jennifer does play a lot in the second movie. In the second one, yeah. yeah. Not so much in movie number one. I think she sleeps through the whole thing. She does, yes. She and does. I think through all of three as well. Yeah. But no, this is a good <laughs> choice. Um, this is a just a fun, light, little co-op game. 
All right. Um, I am going to talk about the game that arrived today, just to take it off my list. And this is one of my most anticipated Kickstarter games because I love the app version of this game so much, or loved, I haven't played the more recent versions of it. But this is Kingdom Rush Rift in Time. This is based off of a tower defense game uh, that originally started on iOS, but now it's on everything, including Steam. And this is a co-op... originally uh, like a web game. Well, whatever it was, I loved it. <laughs> I just love yeah, this it's game. It's a really good game. Yeah. If you've never played the Kingdom Rush series, go play it. It's really go good play if it. you like tower defense. Don't yep. bully and, me. Yeah. So this is a co-op game. Uh, this is a puzzle... Very, very puzzly co-op game. Now, it's one to four on the box. You can play one hero, and there's modified rules for if you're playing one hero or up to four heroes. Um, I got this today. I unpacked it. I learned to play it, and I played it all before recording today because this is how excited mm-hmm. I was about it. I will say I am going to play through the campaigns, all of them. I went all in on this. I'm going to play all of this because I really, really like the system the only thing random is the order of the groups of monsters that come out otherwise everything that you do is determined deterministic the way this works is you have the monsters are represented by i think five by five um grids and there's going to be different monsters within that grid and when you do damage with something you're going to put a little tetris tile on top of that grid and you're trying to cover up all the monsters on it once you do that section of monsters is then removed from the board you get a gem you can Upgrade towers and and whatnot. Um, There's a bunch of towers. There's four different base towers that can... Each one has four different levels. Uh, There's a lot of... There's a campaign. So as you go through each of the scenarios, it introduces new rules and new things. Your characters, your heroes are very distinct and they can level up within themselves. There's boss monsters. With expansions, there's an extra three campaigns on top of the base game that has a a full campaign on there. There's just a lot going on here that's kind of cool. Um... I will say, if you're playing this with more than one person, it is not really a multiplayer game. It's full information, and you have to coordinate with each other in order to actually solve these puzzles. So it just means you're collaborating with multiple people. Um, I would say that two is a sweet spot here. You can enjoy the game. Uh, if you had four, it would play just fine, but you're you're likely going to have one or two people just are being quiet and watching the other two people play their cards for them. Um, but I'm nonetheless, not like a, an opponent that can like choose how the monsters come out to try to like defeat your towers or to get past your towers. Anyway, you could potentially house rule something like that, but yeah, everything <clears> moves <throat> in a very deterministic way. Um, I think this is great. Like as far as a lot of my issues with co-op games is just the whole random dice roll, random card draw, all the randomness. This doesn't have near that level of randomness. Even the cards that are like the monster spawns are a very small set of cards. It's just, you know, there's four cards. What order are they going to come out in is really the only variation there. So I really, really looking forward to playing this all the way through. So that was Kingdom Rush Rift in Time. Uh, Kitty, what's your next one? This is one that I... This like falls into a weird category that I think only I have, and that is games I know that you own, but I haven't had a chance to play because <laughs> we don't see each other enough. Um, and that is Pandemic Legacy Season Zero. And our Season 2 Pandemic Legacy playthrough kind of fell apart, um, but this looks so cool. And it is a prequel to Pandemic Legacy, and it is... It, it just looks like so much fun, and we love the Pandemic Legacy series, and I want to get back into it. So, you know, why finish the campaign we started when I can start a new one? Because I've been hanging <laughs> exactly. out with Chris too much. <laughs> I I am also looking forward to this. I am probably going to rebuy Season 2 and play it myself, or, I mean... I'll try to get Sydney to play it with me, but if she doesn't, I'm still just going to play through it myself, <laughs> and then I'm going to play this. Uh, this is unrelated to the other two. You don't. You can play this first without any issues. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually a prequel to season one, um, a yeah. prequel by like 40 or 50 years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like a super so, prequel. <laughs> like a super prequel. Um, but yes, I am definitely looking forward to this one as well. Um, my next one is Eclipse, Second Dawn for the Galaxy. And I have talked about this game multiple times on this show. 
And I was vindicated a couple weeks ago when Shut Up and Sit Down did a review of this, and it was a glowing review, which pushed it into the number one spot for quite some time, and it's climbing the charts um, probably as we speak. I love this game. It is a 4X space game uh, that kind of emphasizes space combat over diplomacy. Um, the diplomacy is actually quite light on it, but there's there's a decent number of negotiations and stuff you can do to say, I won't attack you if you don't attack me or whatever the case is. Um, it plays at about a third of the time of Twilight Imperium with the same number of players, and it plays well at two players. So yeah, there's just I just love this game. Uh, if you are interested in any kind of 4X space stuff or space games in general, check this out. Uh, other games that would be similar to, but in the same vein, very different, um, something like Zaya or Star Trek Ascension or something like that. Um, but this is has its own feel. And I think Twilight Imperium is great, and I will gladly play that whenever I have 8 to 12 hours. Eclipse, I will play anytime, really. And this is a game that the first time I see Fletcher in real life and we have a few hours to play a game, I'm going <laughs> to play this up. Um, Terrence just asked if it plays faster than Zaya. I would say it's probably about the same time as Zaya. Um, we probably average about an hour, 50 minutes to an hour per player uh, for Eclipse. So that is mine. Fletcher, what is your next one? So my next game uh, is called <laughs> Truffle Shuffle. And Just tell I me originally it is based on goodies. No. Okay. <laughs> so I I thought it was. So my first thing was like truffle shuffle. This can't be based on the goonies. I bet <laughs> I bet it's a game about finding truffles as in mushrooms. And then I watched a playthrough and I'm like, oh, it's actual chocolate truffles. Mm-hmm. Is, is this is this a goonies theme thing? Like, no, there's no Goonies in here at all, unfortunately. <laughs> just candy. <laughs> <laughs> just just chocolate truffles. Uh, this is kind of like a tableau, not building, but you kind of like have this tableau that you like pull cards from. It's like a... Um, it's a set collection, It kind of reminds right? me of a... Yeah, it's a set collection. It kind of reminds me of Mahjong meets a little bit of Solitaire, because to get to uh, other cards on, on the tableau, you have to first pull up the cards that are blocking it. So there's a little bit of like, I don't know if I want to pull this card because then I unlock it. And then maybe the, you know, the other next player doesn't mind. Yeah, this is like a spider solitaire, like a spider solitaire mechanic. Um, This is also used in Seven Wonders Duel where you can see half the, half the rows you can see, um, but you have to reveal the cards can't be covered to be able to draft them. Yep. Um, But I watched the playthrough. It seems pretty fun. Actually, it seems, uh, it seems simple and, and, uh, like a, could be a fun game. Is this actual truffles, or is the components just so real to life looking like truffles, <laughs> or is some it's of these just images parts. just all right? So I just a few of these images. I think there's actual truffles on the table, and that's what's confusing me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now I have to go look at these images. That's so funny. That's fair. All right, so <laughs> I'm I would this would not have fallen onto my radar, but this is why Fletcher, we keep you around. Let us know about I almost picked this one. This was like <laughs> so close to making my list. I'm well, I'm going to go a about. complete opposite way of a light card game based on chocolate truffles. And we're going to talk about Bonfire. Um, Bonfire <laughs> is a fantasy-esque, uh, basically based on gnomes trying to keep uh, their bonfire uh, built, um, Euro game. I-, I like the way that you spelled fantasy-esque. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> fantasy f-a-n-t-a-s-y space e-s-k-esque fantasy-esque uh, that's that's right stop no, stop showing how the sausage is made <laughs> <laughs> but anyway this is a stefan feld game and stefan feld is known for his heavier euro games um and that's what what is it? What is a youth? Um, we just watched my cousin Vinny the other day because Sydney had never watched movie. it. I'm like, I'm like, you have to watch this. The first half of it does not hold up. The second half is very good. No, my whole, mom says it is great. one of the best court procedural movies you will ever watch. That it is very true for attorneys. The, the whole movie well, is great. You're, you're completely wrong about the first half is bad. The whole movie is fantastic. <laughs> it, it all gets wrapped up in a nice little bow. It does. It does. It ends really, really well. But anyway, Bonfire. Mud into the tide. <laughs> it's the movie that taught my brother the F word. And he came, my dad came home from work and my dad said, or my brother said it to him and he's like, what have you guys been doing? So, yeah. 
<laughs> okay, I'm just gonna say Bonfire Steffenfeld Euro game with a fantasy S ESK. Shocked it's on your list. <laughs> a heavy it Euro looks, for Chris. Mm. It also looks gorgeous. Um, it's the reason I haven't played or owned this game is because I think it's either just barely coming out now or it still hasn't hit easy to get level yet. So that's Bonfire. Kitty, let's talk about some esque games for you. <laughs> All right. So my next one is Fox in the Forest Duet. And the Fox in the Forest game is a two-player trick-taking game that Spencer and I absolutely love. And Fox in the Forest Duet makes it cooperative instead of competitive, which has kind of made me hold off on getting this one because we enjoy being competitive, especially Spencer. But uh, I have heard absolutely glowing reviews on this one from many sources. So it it's still there on my list of like, I want this game Maybe. Well, and it's one of those things where if he plays it and you lose, it could be better because then he's like, oh, wait a minute. We should do this again because I think we can do this better. And uh, he no, wasn't against... Like the, the way he, he likes to play the... games is either, ha I beat you. I want to do it again. Or you beat me. I need to beat you. <laughs> I'll play it again. So <laughs> Yeah. He, what does he think about the crew? Um. He liked it. We had, um, I don't think he likes it as much as I did. So he might be into this. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I wish somebody crew, would. I don't know. Oh, the crew was 2019. I'm like, why isn't the crew on anyone's list? It's like, oh, because it was, it was, because it was 2019. 2019. Please, please, it would be on my list. <laughs> All right. The next game I'm going to talk about is Marvel United. So this is a Simon game. Uh, it's based on. Well, it's a cooper- another cooperative game, and all of the miniatures are Marvel chibis. The gameplay itself is interesting. It's, it's pretty straightforward. You have different icons, so you can, you know, smash thugs in the face. You can save citizens, and there's like a special um, star thing that allows you to do other mission stuff. Um, I I, play, I have played this game, which has been a couple months. Uh, each of the characters will have a small deck of cards that you're playing from, and then it chains together, so you'll play a card, and then the next person will play a card, but they'll get to use the icons on the card that you last played as well. So there's this, you know, kind of uh, chaining effects. So when you play things, it you know, you want to play them at the right time, so I want to move here, do this thing. Oh, yeah, move. You move, punch, and save citizens. Um, I want to move here and punch, punch, and I'm going to use your two punch punches. So I'm going to use my single move because I just need to do these three actions and that will allow me to do it. And then the villain does some stuff and you're fighting against the villain. You want to take the villain down before he takes you down. Um, the game itself is pretty straightforward, pretty simple. It is not unfun at all. And I think this is a game I would love to play with kids, uh, just to kind of, it, sort of teaches that teamwork, gives everyone a feel of what they're playing. But honestly, the reason I got this is because the Marvel Chibis are just so ridiculously cute that I had to get everything because the Chibis (laughs) alone. The gameplay could absolutely be the worst ever. I wouldn't care. This is one game where I'm like, I'm just taking all the plastic out and I don't care about the cards. But the game is actually fairly fun as well. And it's super cheap. You can get this at Walmart for like 30 bucks for the base game. Um, Probably cheaper in a lot of places. So that is Marvel United by Simon. I think we're back to you, Fletcher. The next game on my list is Boomerang Australia. Um, Shout out to Miles. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was doing research on this game, so the game Boomerang actually came out I think a couple years ago. I don't know if you've heard of this at all. I, I have not. Nope. Um, so and they did a Kickstarter, um, and they kind of revamped it a little bit, uh, and they renamed it Boomerang Australia, and then they came up with two other ones: Boomerang in the United States and Boomerang Europe. Um, but essentially, this is a roll and write, but there's no dice. It's kind of like a draft. A draft and write. Um, and, uh, this one takes place at, like, you get different points for, uh, like, collecting different sets, and it all has to do with, like, regions and areas in Australia. Um, and it seemed like a fun little game. And, you know, it just yeah. jumped out at me because it was Australia. Yeah, it's super colorful. There's a kangaroo on the cover. Um, yeah, I like boomerangs and kangaroos. I'm in. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, all right, back to me, because again, I'm two for one here. I'm going to talk 
Oh, fine. I'm going to talk about Forgotten Waters. Um, that, that sounds bad. I was going to talk about a game that it was I didn't like as much, but Forgotten Waters I actually do like. So that whole pro- process in my head is, I don't want to talk about a game I don't like right now. I want to talk about a game I really do like. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about Forgotten Waters. Forgotten Waters is by Plat Hat Games, and this is the newest game in the Crossroads series of games. And it's, I don't know if it's a series or a system, but idea what a Crossroads system is, is you're going to get a little story card, and you have to make a choice, and Depending on that choice, you're going to get different effects happening. Well, what they've done with Forgotten Waters is put all of you on a pirate ship, and you are trying to do whatever the mission is for the pirate ship. And while doing that, you're going to come across all kinds of different scenarios. And these are read to you in the app. From There's a companion app that goes along with this, so you don't actually have cards anymore. You have an app, and it reads out the things. It gives you your choices. You might have to make a skill test or something. And then, depending on the results, it'll read you what happens. Um, this game is so much fun. We played it with five players. We played the first two scenarios. Uh, these are not short. I think we probably spent, you know, three or four hours on the first one and um, maybe the same on the second one. Um, the base box, I want to say there's only five scenarios in there, but I would expect more expansions to come out. This is just a whole lot of fun. And Forgotten Waters, like, there's a lot of pirate games that came out this year. Um, this is the only one that I actually looked at wanting to play and I'm glad I did. So, yeah, that is mine. Kitty. Um, the next one on my list is Mariposas. And that is... Or Maripo- Mariposa? Mariposas. Mariposas. I typed it wrong. There- um, so, this is um, the new Elizabeth Hargrave um, game that came out this year. And it flew under my radar because it did not go up on Kickstarter. And it is not published by Stonemaier Games. So you didn't alert me of its presence. (laughs) So I just, I knew that it was coming and missed it. And I need to buy it. Uh, It's a really fun looking game. It is a set collection game where you are trying to move your family of butterflies through their migration from... North America, like through Eastern North America to Mexico. So it's got like this little map and you're moving butterflies through and uh, trying to just get points to win the game. And it's got all this fun butterfly art and it's designed by Elizabeth Hargrave. So of course I'm going to try to play this one. Yeah. It's worth giving it a shot. Um, I, I guess if I would have heard about Wingspan and it wasn't by Stonemeyer, I might've just still passed it by. I don't know if it was the combination of Stonemeyer and a bird game that really set that off, but Mariposa being published by someone else, I guess this is just like, eh, okay, I'll see what people talk about it. And the the reviews are not bad for this. It, they're obviously it's really hard to follow up with Wingspan though. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't expecting a follow up from Wingspan to be spectacular. Like, you know, you it's hard to catch lightning in a bottle. Like let alone yeah. twice. So, yeah, you know, but it is a beautiful has a looking 7. game. Seven point three. It's up there on the list for twenty twenty games. It's not like it's yeah. you know garbage. It's a pretty game, <laughs> and it's a cool like it's a a cool concept. Uh, my next one is going to be very fast. Starcadia Quest. Uh, this is another Kickstarter I went all in on. I love Arcadia Quest. Starcadia Quest is the space version of it. Um, there's some more streamlined. Well, there are more streamlined rules. Uh, you only play two characters instead of three. Um, a bunch was of other things. Is that really this year? This is this year. It's the beginning of this year that it was that it shipped. It's been a long year. It it's, feels it's, like it's been, it's like been 10 years. forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is why I'm just going to say it quickly because even though I got all of it um, earlier this year, I have yet to open this up to play it. Um, <laughs> it just requires a the right kind of group because it is a it's a take that scenario based dudes on a map game. Um, which is very fun. We have a group of a, a couple that we play Arcadia Quest with that I will love to play this game with when the pandemic's over and we can actually be in the same room again. Until then, I don't have the right group to play this. So it's just on my list. It's a 2020 game. I like it. Fletcher, what's up? <laughs> uh, okay, so my next game is Bloodborne, the board game. Uh, I've actually never played Bloodborne, the video game. Uh, but it seemed really interesting, and I had a friend that played it, and I watched him play it. But that kind of game is like up my alley, so when I saw this, I was like, okay, this this seems pretty cool. It's by Simon. Um, the minis look cool. 
Um, the, I couldn't find a lot of information about it. There was, I, I like looked on their website and I had to like go through and try to find like some reviews about the game. Um, but it, essentially it's, it's a light RPG mini game where you kind of like upgrade your weapons and fight monsters. It, it's semi-cooperative. Uh, in fact, uh, it's semi-cooperative because you, you're trying to defeat common enemy. There's like a big boss at the end that you need to coordinate with the other players with, but it's not fully cooperative because there is one winner. Um, so it's just kind of like semi-cooperative. You kind of need to work together, but you still need to like edge out. Yeah. So Bloodborne, I am all in on this one. This is a currently fulfilling Kickstarter. I do not have my pledge in yet. It, in theory, it could be here by the end of the year. I know some people have got it, which is why it's harder to find um, information maybe on that's this. Why, yeah, maybe that's why I couldn't find much information about it. Yep. But I think they will hit... I think it will ship this month to many of the backers. Um, and yeah, that's this is an Eric Lane game. why these years, though, on BGG are so hard to like trust. Because some of these games, like Calico, I backed it in 2019. 2019 but it shipped this year and some games as soon as they like send out the like test copies to be like put up onto kickstarter they will say that the game exists they will put it on bgg that will be the year that it's published yeah most games will be listed on their well before their published date especially if they're kickstarter um so the published date that it gets listed when it's on kickstarter is the anticipated published date which obviously can change so yeah, that's not that's what ends correct. up happening <laughs> yep but this is a good one i like i said i'm i'm in the same boat i'm looking forward to this one another game i have played this year and this was because tom vassal loves this game it is a real-time game and i passed on the kickstarter for this and i don't regret passing on the kickstarter for it but i also don't regret buying the base box and that's project elite now what project elite is this is a republish uh, by Simon that this game's existed for quite a while. But Simon better miniatures, better components, just in general, you know, cool stuff. The way this game plays is you have two minutes of real time, and then you have downtime where you can, you know, upgrade yourself and get, you know, get equipment and stuff like that. You are trying to fend off aliens. Actually, there's five different types of missions that you can be running on, um, such as fending off aliens or going out and rescuing civilians or something like that. Um, As you're playing, though, you're just rolling dice and you're going to take the actions on these dice. One of the dice dice sides, though, has a bad symbol on it. And if you roll the bad symbol, the aliens move. So you can roll as often as you want. You're just causing more aliens to move in the process. It is a lot of fun. I bought an incredibly simplified version of this game for my son for Christmas, I think. And it is called Orchard. (laughs) I didn't realize until (laughs) you were describing this that it sounds just like the kids game Orchard. But, you know, obviously more complicated. (laughs) Yeah. Like I say, it is a lot of fun. And Sydney and I played it a few times. And neither of us are huge real-time game uh, fans. But I I think I liked it a little bit better than Sydney. But she did not hate it. So I'm like, all right. And she said, I would play it again. What a rave review. Sydney does start. not hate it. Can we get yeah. that as like a quote on boxes? I, I think that is that should be our approved. <laughs> Sydney doesn't hate it. <laughs> All right, let's talk about a game you don't hate. I don't hate Windward. This is the <laughs> only other game on my list that I both own and have played in 2020. And this is a space whaling game. So there are these creatures called Cresters, and you are airship pilot captain people, and you are trying to (laughs) take down these Cresters and harvest their teeth and turn them into oil and win the prestige of taking down the most powerful creatures in the sky. And they're on this gaseous planet, so you're in these airships, and there's a really cool mechanic where the wind changes direction each turn. So you are moving around the board and you can move as far as you want with the wind for free. You cannot move against the wind and anything else will cost you movement points. So you want to try to use this wind to your advantage to take down these creatures. And you have these, they're not quite asymmetric 
player powers, but they're asymmetric advantages. So each board has its own unique, like some of the player powers are more powerful to each player board. So the color you play is a little bit different for each one of them. And, you know, Spencer likes to play this one. He, this is actually, I think he backed this. It's on my account because I'm the only (laughs) one who does Kickstarter, but he saw this at Gen Con the last time we were allowed to do that and said, you need to back this. Like you need, as soon as it launches, you need to back this. And I did. And we've played it a few times and it is a really beautiful game with a cool mechanic. And we will be holding on to this one and playing it again. I look forward to playing it again when, you know, life happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. The next game I wanted to talk about is a game that, uh, again, a game we played, uh, Cosmic Encounter Duel. Now, I like Cosmic Encounter. Uh, Cosmic Encounter is a, <laughs> is a multiplayer negotiation game where there's it's drastically asymmetric. Uh, the Sort of the tagline of the game is every race breaks the rules. And and it's a very fun game. Cosmic Encounter Duel tries to take that and make it a two-player game. And it does it with mixed results. Um, this game I was excited for because, again, Cosmic Encounter is hard to get to the table because it really only plays well at like four or five, six players. Um, Cosmic Encounter Duel also only plays well at four or five, six players. I don't think we were a huge fan of this one. Um just play Cosmic Encounter and don't don't bother with Cosmic Encounter Duel. <laughs> uh, it's not terrible. It's just when you're looking at two-player games, there's a lot of better two-player games out there. Uh, if you're a huge Cosmic Encounter fan, you probably want to own this just for completion. Uh, but if you don't or you don't really care about Cosmic Encounter, this one's not going to win you over. So that that's this is one I was going to talk about, but didn't want to be overly negative. And I'm like, eh, it's it's okay. <laughs> It's one of the games I played in 2020 and said, eh, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. All right, put my mind at peace, Fletcher. <laughs> uh, the next game that looked interesting to me was, uh, or is, Tranquility. Uh, this is a game I hadn't heard of, but the box art looked interesting. And it is, I guess, like another tableau building game that's fully cooperative, but there's no talking. Um Essentially, what you have to do is you need to arrange cards in order in a, in a six by six grid from lowest to the highest. And it, it's about like a, the idea is like you're taking a tranquil journey on like on a ship. Um, and there's some other gameplay mechanics in there. It's not as easy as just like putting down cards and stuff like that. But essentially, if you don't if you don't meet the end, like everybody loses. If you do get from the start point to the end point, then everybody. But there's no discussing of strategy or what cards you have in your hand. Everything is private. So it's all about kind of like signals of like what can you place and where and what, you know, kind of like figure Ouija walking it out, I guess. So another The Mind inspired game, but this is much, much prettier than The Mind. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I, this game does look, this does, definitely looks pretty. Um, I'm going to talk next about Undaunted North Africa. Now, this is the second version of Undaunted. The first one is Undaunted Normandy. And Mm -hmm. Undaunted Normandy was fine. Undaunted North Africa is the same game system, but the scenarios and what the units can do really kind of took the game up a notch and showed what the system can handle. And I really, really liked Undaunted. So what this is, is you have a tactical map. You're going to, it's just a square grid map and it's modular. So you're going to, you're depending on the scenario, you'll build up, build out this map and you're going to have units, which are these, you know, round tokens that are on that map. It is a deck building game. So you have a small deck that, when you want to activate a unit, you need to play that unit's card and then you can do something with it. So you're trying to get you're trying to get more of unit command cards in your deck so that you can activate the right units at the right time. There's also fog of war, just just take up places in your hand. So as you get fog of war cards, it makes your your deck less efficient and you want to get rid of those. Um 
it's a very asymmetric game. You're playing, each side is playing very different units. And this game is very, very cool. Uh, Kitty, I know I gave you guys Undaunted Normandy. And after playing North Africa, we went back and played Normandy and, this, and enjoyed Normandy even more. Um, I think Fletcher, not Fletcher, but Spencer, actually Fletcher maybe too. <laughs> um, Spencer would really like this game. Like it's, it is a very, very fun, uh, Undaunted in general is a very fun type of game. I will say you gave it to Spencer. You gave it to our family because you thought Spencer would enjoy it. But because Spencer is not the game play driver <laughs> in our house, it has not yet hit the table. Well, now that I've played it multiple times, I may teach it to you again next time. Uh, you Kitty, never taught me. You, you just handed me the box. <laughs> I know. I will teach it to you next. I, sometimes I hand you games and like learn this so you can teach it to me. And you've only I ever know. done that once. And I don't like Castles of Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> um. So up next is a game I know that I definitely would have picked this up at a convention this year. But 2020. Um, Tournament at Avalon. This is a follow-up to Tournament at Camelot, which is one of my favorite games i will definitely put it in my top 10 games that i own love it love it love it this is a trick-taking game based on arthurian ledger legend i can talk um and so each player gets a arthurian character which gives them a special ability that they can use during the trick-taking play so tournament in avalon adds a couple of um, different characters that you can play. It adds locations, which will give you different powers. And I'm not sure how I feel about this, but it also adds a side kind of informal alliance making kind of a thing. So you can mix and match the cards together too. So this is meant to be mixed in with your tournament at Camelot and played by either set of rules. And there's also a you can combine the two games together to play a chaos to play an epic chaos of battle tournament with seven yeah. or eight players, which just sounds insane. Yeah, so. I will say tournament at Camelot <laughs> is the fantasy gamers trick taking game. Mm-hmm. Like it's it is a very very it is a very thinking. It's the only trick taking trick taking game I know that has hit points. So yeah. <laughs> it's sort it of a one. dueling game it's sort of a tradition it's very straightforward trick taking up until it isn't and yeah. everyone's got these special abilities that you forget what everyone else's is and then all of a sudden it's like ah and i don't know you can develop favorite characters and it's a really fun game i really enjoy it um, if you like the crew, check this one out. It is the exact opposite in the nature of the cooperative part of it, <laughs> but it is definitely the same feeling of like, if you like playing hearts or spades or whatever trick taking game it is you grew up with and you're looking for like the board gamers version of it, this is it. Yeah. All right. So my next game is, I think we're into games that I want to play now um, versus played. So I have not played this game. I have not seen this game except for a few pictures on BGG. And that is The Search for Planet X. Um, This is The Search for Planet X. You know, Pluto used to be Planet X, but now it's not anymore. And now we need a new one. Um, The way this works is there's a... Pluto is technically Planet IX. X is 10. No, no, no. Pluto is now a planetoid. So it doesn't count as a planet anymore. But it it was still never Planet X, if we're talking about... Actually, that is probably true, yes. Because we were still searching for Planet X, even when Pluto was a planet. Um, so now we're... Yeah, take that. All right. Yep, you're right. <laughs> so, well, anyway, the way this works is it is a logic puzzle game. Um, it has a companion app. And the board itself does not... There's nothing about this game looks stellar. Um, pun intended. It's it's <laughs> just kind of a circle with some quadrants. And you're going to use this companion app to try to figure out where Planet X is at and what is adjacent to Planet X on either side. And this is a logic deduction type of puzzle that you're taking and you're doing. It looks really I cool. I want to play this too. It looks really cool. Yeah. 
I didn't know very much about it until last night when you talked about it during our aborted <laughs> sad episode. <laughs> but I looked into it after that, but it was already on your list. So <laughs> Yeah. It's this one looks really cool. And this is one that would completely have fall, flown under the radar um because I just oh, never totally. really had a chance to look at it or play it play it. Um Fletcher, you have one more. You're you're basically uh, starting or you're ending where you started. Yep. So when I was going through the list of all the games that got released this year, I noticed that there are two Back to the Future games that got released. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about Back to the Future Dice Through Time. Um, so this is another fully cooperative game, which is funny because I picked almost all fully cooperative games except for, I guess, Truffle two. Shuffle. <laughs> Truffle Shuffle. <laughs> Truffle. I guess half and half. Truff- Truffle Shuffle, Boomerang, and Bloodborne. Um, uh, but that's just kind of funny, kind of like picking randomly games that just look interesting to me by box art and title. Um, anyway, so this, I think it's by the same people who did the other one because the art is very, very similar. Uh, it's, so it's got to be, but I, I didn't actually double check that. <laughs> I um, will double check that while you're but, talking. <laughs> but in this game, Fact instead checker, of Chris. taking place like uh, in Hill Valley in 1955, like basically the where the first movie takes place, this spans all three movies. So there's a 1855 version, 1955, 1985, and 2015. Um, and essentially, the premise of the game is that Biff has stolen items through different points of time, and these are like items in the movie, and has distributed them randomly through these different uh, time, through these different, through these different like time areas. Uh, and your job is to go and pick up these items and put them back to where they belong. And Biff gets in the way, and you need to essentially roll dice and avoid, um, I don't know, time incidences. Incidai. <laughs> Incidai. <laughs> um, and get the items back. And it, this one looks actually also pretty interesting to me. Again, it's another fully cooperative game, and the models look kind of nice. Yep, so this one is by Ravensburger. Um, I think, Kitty, one of your favorite publishers. Um, I like her. Well, they're one of like the classic publishers. So Labyrinth, like they're the publisher of my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And Funcoverse is actually the one that does Back to the Future back in time. So the the art is coincidental and why there's two Back to the Future games randomly <laughs> in 2020. Um, who knows? But that's, that is the case. And yeah, this one, again, it's a co-op Back to the Future, easy to pick up type of game. So I, yeah. Um, all right, we're going to do rapid fire a few more, and I'm going to start with um, Pendulum. Uh, all right, or Welcome to Las Vegas. Lightning Steve says we want to talk about <laughs> Welcome to Las Vegas, which is Welcome to, but in Las Vegas. So it's a roll, it's a flip and write, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so that's a good 2021. And I, you know, I didn't put any roll rights or flip and rights on my list. I don't know why. Um, but I also want to talk about, uh, Steve says it's Welcome To, but with more going on. And there's already a lot going on in Welcome To. But yeah, Welcome To Vegas. Um, Pendulum. This is the Stonemeyer game this year. This is the real-time cube pusher game, uh, which people are either... It looks like it's mostly like all I want to do is talk bad about it because it's a real-time Euro game. But... Uh, there have been actual good reviews, and I am looking forward to playing this. And it's not real time mode, and eventually playing it in real time once I'm comfortable with it. I've also heard that the real time version is great for solo play. So that is Pendulum. Uh, Kitty, give us one of yours real quick. Um, succulent. I don't know very much about this game except I love growing succulents, and it drew me in for that one. It is a set collection tile placement game, so it sounds kind of like my jam. So. All right. Succulent. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Fletcher. Take a look at the ones on the bottom, and I'm going to pass that one to you in a second. Um, I'm going to talk about Tiny Epic Dinosaurs. I have bought every single Tiny Epic game ever made in whatever form and variation of it is, because I just love the concept of a tiny box with full gameplay in it. But they come out with one every year. And I will be honest, the last three years I've gotten overwhelmed and I haven't played them. So Tiny Epic Dinosaurs... <laughs> I have it. I have all the stuff. I want to play it. It's about making a dinosaur theme park. I already have another game that's about making a dinosaur theme park, but I want to play this one and want to try it out. So 
Yeah. All right, Kitty, one more for you. Uh, Village Green. This has the best tagline. It is a game of pretty gardens and petty grudges. Um, This has tagged on BGG as hand management matching solo solitaire square grid variable setup. Sounds like my kind of thing. It is a garden game that I can play by myself, and it is kind of a puzzly, fun-looking game, and Petty Grudges sounds right up my alley. <laughs> Excellent. Fletcher, do you have any of these that you want to talk about? Um, no. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I will mention, I'm going to do rapid fire for a few more, and then we are going to get into our giveaway information. Um, on Mars, this is the big Mars game from Vita Lasara. This is in one of two games in the 2020 that was published in 2020, this in the top 100, the other one being Gloomhaven, Jaws and Lion. Um, this is a heavy Euro that I know very little about. Um, Fort. Fort is by Leader Games, same people who did Root. This is a much uh, more approachable card game where you're trying to build a tableau and there's a, some minor set collection elements in there. Uh, Viscounts of the West... Viscounts? Viscounts? That S just Viscounts. throws me off. Viscounts <laughs> of the West Kingdom. This is the third in the West Kingdom trilogy. Uh, so I, I think they're filling, finishing that up. Uh, Imperial Struggle. This is the more uh, French version of Twilight Struggle. So if you're looking for a non-World War II version of that game system, that's where you want to Or even look a at. Cold War. Or Cold War, sorry. Um, <laughs> Cold War came out of World War II, though, right? Mostly. Yeah. Yes. History. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, there's some relation there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, My City, this is the Spiel des Jahres nominee for, um, I think it's a game of the year. It's not the, the hardcore, the kids one. It's just game of the year. I don't believe it won, but um, this is a legacy game, a, ni- a nice family weight legacy game. Marvel Splendor, or Splendor Marvel, depending on how you want to read this. Um, this is just a mo- a prettier splendor. Um, there are some rule changes in this one, but I think I would just play this as splendor because the rule changes are sort of hit and miss, and I don't know that they actually improve the game. Um, but this is definitely a pretty game. There's a lot of Avengers and bad guys and stuff running around. Um, all right, let's see. What we have. Wait, hold on one second. On yep. Kitty's list, did, did you talk about this or did you remove to make a remark? But on your list, you had a game on there earlier, Kitty, which I, is now removed. <laughs> I was going to I was going to talk about I was going to talk about this game, but I saw it on your list, so I removed it from mine. So I, I was editing for research. time, and this is the Princess Bride Adventure Book Game. So Fletcher, talk about this game. <laughs> I didn't do any research on it because it's oh. on Kitty's list. <laughs> um. So this is a cooperative game. It has six scenarios that you play through uh, going through the story of the Princess Bride. Uh, Fully cooperative. I think it's a four-player. I'm trying to do this from memory because I closed my tab when I was like, oh, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. Then Fletcher put me (laughs) on the spot. Um, (laughs) It was on your list, and I was excited. I was like, okay, Kitty's going to talk about this. I'll, I know I it was the last research. one on my list, and I was like, oh, we're running out of time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that was the Princess yeah. Bride adventure book game. Yeah. Yeah, I actually don't know much about this either. I've, I'm have i still in that I'm hesitant to go into IP-based games, because I grew up in the 80s and the 90s, where all IP games were horrible. We're That's not the case yeah. anymore. Um, so I will see this Chris, looks very family game, friendly. The other one that I put on my list originally, but then didn't, didn't do any research on because you have it on your list and you own it is Small <laughs> World of Warcraft. <laughs> All right, Small World we of are Warcraft. Just failing Fletcher left and right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, great. I had like I had these eight games, and then I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll have to tear this down. Well, Small World of Warcraft is. Basically, small world rethemed with Warcraft races and classes. Um, I don't even know if there's any other rule changes to it. Uh, the map has changed, obviously. It's the World of Warcraft map. And I got it because it's a Azeroth. great entry point into small world. And I love small world. And 
Um, it's one of the games that brought me into the hobby a decade ago where I'm like, wow, this is a lot of fun. And I've played it on the iPad tons and tons of times. So I have it for completion, completion more than anything else. I just, Job's I really, done. job done. <laughs> All right. So obviously there are a ton of 2020 games out there, about 250 of ish, uh, which actually is a lot less than in other years. So <laughs> I would recommend. Go to BGG, um, search for 2020. Oh, we also filtered out all the expansions. So um, any expansions were not counted here. Second editions were, but not expansions. Um, but yeah, just take a glance over games that maybe you missed. And end of year, it's a holiday season. You know, support your local game store if they're open. Um, and pick up some of these games. Because obviously 2020 was not the greatest year for just, you know, any industry really. Uh, but definitely our local game stores. So Go out, pick up some of these games. And if you want help picking up some of these games, $250 (laughs) could help just for that. I covered all of this at the top of the show. But as a reminder, this Sunday, and I'm just saying Sunday because I'm going to go over all the stuff on Monday and get all the entries together. Um, You have until this Sunday to enter. Uh, You can send us an email. That'll give you an entry. You can leave us an iTunes review um, and send me the... Uh, your name, and that'll give you 10 entries. Um, You can wait until the end of this episode and the last two episodes. Basically, the last two minutes, we're describing an object. Draw that object, take a picture, and email it to us. That will give you 10 entries as well. And then Monday night, 8.30 Central, well, give or take, between 8.30 and 10 o'clock Central, we will do a live drawing for the winner. And yeah, I hope everyone wins, but I'm only going to let one of you win because... (laughs) It's a lot of money. Um, the gift card is to a online something of your choice. Um, actually, I don't even care if it's online as long as I have the ability to buy it online. Um, <laughs> so you just tell me where you want the gift card to. Amazon's probably going to be the default, uh, but you just let me know. Uh, Miles says you are all winners just for being here with us. <laughs> and, and since we're talking about chess next week, it'll give more people a reason to listen to chess. Chess talk, because we're giving you $250 at the end of the episode if you listen. Maybe. <laughs> possibly. If you're drawn. I'm not sure I'm going to listen. So <laughs> that, is, that is not new. Um, all right. So <laughs> I'm present, but not here. <laughs> Speaking of not listening, Kitty and Fletcher are going to handle the outro, and then we'll talk a little bit about D&D, and then we will, I will describe an object that is sitting next to my monitor right now. Uh, ready? And go. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. If you'd like to follow us on social media, the links for Facebook and Twitter are in our show notes. Want to watch us record live? You can find the link for that in the show notes, too. Sometimes you might get a sad, unaired half an episode (laughs) bonus if you join us live. Uh... There is a link for that in the show notes if I didn't say that. Comments or questions, email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. If you would like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the support us link. And there's a link in the show notes too. Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons, Adam Harrison, Miles, Wedges with Sour Cream and Sweet Chili Sauce, Clark, <laughs> The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Jeremy Fisher, Karen Smiltner, Sean Peck, Christopher Dong, Jennifer Engelbrecht, Brian Arnold, Michael Yanikowski, David Sellers, David Redge, Jason Marks, Van Rentlitz, Christopher Letgo, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verholst, Joe Rackstad, Sahara Wentworth, Weatherman Keith, Paul Raver, Jimothy, Ben Gary, Matthew Droke, David Rank, Comstock, Jerry Wong, C. Marie, Justin Willard, Jason Romney, Cindy Lum, Eric Hoffman, Adrian Dong, Basil Eric Slander, Gwen Potter, John Williams, Chanty Kelly, Mike Smith, Philip O'Brien, John Gilstrap, Aaron Moore, Ron Nelson, Agnes Scott, Charles Pearson, Jesse Wheeler, and Ronald Roy. And thank you to anyone who's ever been a patron or anyone who's ever even thought about it. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. All right, so D&D campaign. Um, so you didn't kill all the orcs this time. This time you started killing frog people. Um, how do you guys, how's, how's the campaign going for you guys?
I missed like uh, we- half of this session with crying babies. So <laughs> <laughs> we almost got wrecked. Yeah. Towards the end. That was We might still die. That, was, that came a little close. <laughs> that was your own fault though. So to set the scene, um the group decided to well, stumbled upon a troglodyte stronghold camp house. Nest. Um broke in and then nest. Broke in and then just started killing everything. Wiping them out. Yep. But there were a lot of things around that started to, you know, reinforce. Um, I think several of you they were unconscious multiple times. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I, I don't think Spencer took a turn for like three reps. <laughs> he kept going we up kept with one hit point and, and then finding, yeah. falling back down. <laughs> yeah, he was up with like a few hit points and then he would take a hit and then go back down. Someone would res him, and then he would go back down again. That's the tank's job. Um, but yeah, so yeah. So there was it was almost a full end of campaign wipe there as you were getting eaten by troglodytes, and you still might. I like right now, we taken any damage. <laughs> well, now you're in the back, <laughs> mage in the back, rogue in no, the front. In the like, all right, I guess I'm doing the scouting touched. thing through narrow caves. Now I'm stuck in the front. I'm the meat shield. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Scout tank. It's the same thing. Uh, yeah, but now you are you are currently camping amongst a bunch of troglodyte corpses. Um, just a short rest, but we yeah. hit level four. So, <laughs> but you hit level four. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do see. I get those okay. spell slots like right now, or do you? Are you going to make me long rest before I get my new spell slots? You are going to long rest before you get your new spell slots. You will get extra uh, hit points, but you'll still be down the same amount of hit points that you were before. I want yep. my spell slots. Because <laughs> I don't think I have, have to, any left. <laughs> you're going to have to sleep on it. That's just how that works. Ugh, okay. <laughs> so we will find out next week. A other- weapon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's Sydney that doesn't have a ranged weapon, right? Sydney does yeah. not have a ranged weapon. Nope. I have cantrips. But- I can do damage all day. Yeah. She can she can mock you. <laughs> viciously. <laughs> That's bas- viciously. She can viciously mock you. Okay. So I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna time myself, which is gonna be tricky. So this might not I be an time exact you. timing. Um one minute. All right, you time me. You time me one minute. So this is the thing. If you if you've listened all the way through and you still don't know what we're doing, um I actually <laughs> kudos to you. Uh let me know. <laughs> but we are I'm going to describe something in simple geometric shapes. That's the idea. And then you're going to draw a picture of that and then send it in. And then what we're going to do is next week, um, I'm going to take all the pictures of what the source were and the drawings that went along with them. And I'll probably put them up on Twitter or Facebook or Kitty. I think we have an Instagram too, but we don't really use that. But I'll put the images out there someplace. I use it sometimes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I'll put them on. Actually, I'll put them on on the webpage as well. So, And then... Uh, yeah, so this is this is a fun game that Kitty plays with her church youth group. Yep. All right. And I, I feel like I need to sneeze, but we're going to see if I can hold this back for a minute. <laughs> All right. Here goes. On your mark. Get set. Go. All right. So this is um, a rectangle that's about three times longer than it is tall. On the left side, it's rounded. And about a quarter of it has a mesh pattern. On the top, about a quarter ways in from the right side, is a cylinder that's maybe a fifth of the height of the total rectangle. Um, Just to the left of that is a cylinder that's even smaller, about half the height of that first rectangle. Um, There, if you look at the right third, there's a circle right in the middle of it, and then there's an a angle that comes down and goes under the whole first rectangle. And then it keeps a line keeps going down to maybe a 45 degree angle to the right. And then uh, un- that leads ends in two circles, one a little bit smaller than the one that's below it. <laughs> what? Hey, I, I described it perfectly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know what he described. I have no idea. I hope it's a fly swatter. 